Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. Come on, lift your Bible. I'm lifting my phones. I got the harvest from my Let's say it together. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, you're already with us. Now do what you do when you do how you do when you do it because you do all things so well. Get the glory out of this experience today. Get the glory out of this word today. And for that, we say thank you. And for that, we say thank you. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'm ready, Lord. Speak. Heal. My future needs me that way. Uh Uh-uh, I need you to say it with some authority. Say, I'm ready, Lord. Speak to me. Heal me. My future needs me that way. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. Our series is group therapy. And uh, on Wednesday, we dealt with this message. Help, I have rejection and abandonment issues. And we learned that our trust can be trampled by the wounds of rejection and abandonment. We also learned on Wednesday that our brain reacts the same way to physical pain as rejection, which means whenever you feel rejection, you feel like you took a hit. Whenever you feel like you've been abandoned, you literally, this is why you're tired. This is why you feel disconnected. This is why you feel like, watch me, staying in the bed all day. And for some of you, listen, I need you to get up from whatever had you down. I know you felt rejection. I know you felt abandonment. But I need you to hear me uh, that God is using those things to bring something good out of your life. Rejection is a loss of desired acceptance. You can't be rejected from somebody you never wanted to be accepted by in the first place. 
Rejection is unique because literally, here it is, you put yourself out there to be vulnerable. You put yourself out there to be susceptible to a person's acceptance or rejection of you. And what's interesting about that is that when you put yourself out there and you feel rejected, it can now make you timid to put yourself out there in the future. I wish there were some honest people in this 915 that will tell the truth that there's sometimes you put yourself out there. What do you mean by that, Bishop? That you extended yourself in a way that you might not normally extend yourself and you were expecting acceptance. You were expecting somebody to come get you. You were expecting somebody to be there for you and they were not. And so now after you experience rejection, it can now give you a fear of rejection in the future. But I need you to act like rejection is protection and redirection. Whatever shuts in front of you may be an indication that wasn't your door in the first place. Whatever does not moke in your favor may be an indication that God's working something bigger in your favor. It I need you to be glad for the jobs you didn't get. Let's go. I need you to be glad for the relationships that didn't work. I need you to be glad for the family members you do not get along with. I need you to be thankful that you did not get accepted because you would have been accepted by average. And your future is not going to be spent sitting around low thinking, low living, low talking people. Your next 12 are about to be your. Somebody said, I'm glad I was rejected. Yeah, baby, you were dodging a bullet. You thought that was a good relationship. That was Ike Turner part two. I need you to give God glory. Say, I'm glad I was rejected. Watch me, watch me. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Abandonment means withdrawal of protection, support, or help. You can be abandoned by people that are supposed to carry you, supposed to hold you, supposed to hold you down. You ever had a friend tell you, listen, I've got you. If you need me, I got you. And then when you needed them, you, they dropped you. You, you ever had somebody that was your blood that, you, that, that, listen, you were always there for them, but the moment you needed them to be there for you, where the honest people at? It means to withdraw your protection, support, or help. Which means abandonment is interesting because you used to support. You used to help. You used to protect. And then watch me, to abandon it means to leave without the intention of ever returning. Anybody in the building, anybody online ever dealt with rejection or abandonment? Watch me, watch me. Here's what's interesting about that. That can trample your trust. And what did we learn on Wednesday from Jeremiah 10, 19? Woe is me because of my hurt. This is Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet. He weeps a lot in his book, in the book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah part two, which is the book of Lamentations. To, to lament, it doesn't just mean to mourn. To lament means to ask how and why. Check me out. When you deal with rejection, when you deal with abandonment, you go through this process of asking how and why. And you can begin to question a series of things, and sometimes that's good. It's good to say, what could I have done better? Somebody say, that's good. It's good to say, what could I have been more effective at? Somebody say, that's good. It's good to say, what could I have improved at? Somebody say, that's good. But what's not good is to stay stuck that somebody doesn't want to be stuck with you. There's one thing I'm for sure. I don't want anybody in my life that's not sure they want to be there. I need you to not be thirsty to have people around you, that you have people around you that don't want to be there. I ain't begging now, Ninja, to... I need you to learn how to be so secure in yourself that if you got to walk by yourself, you can say, I'm 
good. I need you to be so secure in yourself that if you got to walk by yourself, you can say, I'm all right. Jeremiah has a difficult assignment. Here it is. Jeremiah has a difficult assignment. Jeremiah's assignment is this. Is now he has got to minister to people, and he's got to deal with people that reject him and abandon him. His story is amazing because they throw him in a, in a cistern, which basically is a whale. They throw him in a whale. Uh, they attempt to assassinate him. They talk about him. Jeremiah goes through hell, and he's rejected and abandoned. So this scripture is unique because Jeremiah is showing us that when you feel rejected and abandoned, you can start to say, woe is me, I'm a victim. You, you ever been in a moment of rejection and you started thinking, you know what, I'm just not good. I, 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 you know what, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. I wish you would question your calling. I wish you would question what God created you to do. I need you to say, I will not question it. I will not question it. I, but because when you're dealing with rejection and abandonment, the first part is you're going to feel hurt. Jeremiah says, woe is me because of my hurt. My wound is grievous. He says, I'm grieving. He says, I'm dealing with rejection and abandonment, and I am grieving. And when you go through the stages of grief, there's five stages. How many say five? five? The last stage means to accept. What's amazing is five stages of grief. Five is the biblical number of grace. Listen, which means even in the grieving process, God gives you grace. I'm going to say it again. Even in the grieving process, God gives you grace. For some of you, watch me, you don't realize just how much you've actually overcome because you're so used to getting wounded and having to walk. You're so used to having to lead and bleed at the same time. I need you to celebrate God. Watch me for what you've overcome. I need you to celebrate God for what you've beat, for what you've been successful at. Why? There was some stuff sent to take you out, but baby, you a survivor. There was some stuff that was sent to knock you down. But I need you to open your mouth and holler, I made it. Don't touch nobody, but just look at them and say, and you made it too. I need you to stop sleeping on yourself. What's ahead of you is not bigger than something you've already beat. I need you to remind yourself what God has already brought you through. Jeremiah says, woe is me because of my hurt. He's like, I've been rejected and I've been abandoned. Everybody listen to me by his own people. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know that there's something unique about you when the source of your rejection and abandonment comes from people who should automatically be for you. See, you didn't expect this from your mama them. You didn't expect this from your brother them. You didn't expect this from your friend. You didn't expect this from who you grew up with. But I need you to learn, watch this. Joseph had to learn that lesson himself. He was rejected by his brothers. But guess what? That's because God needed him to be separate from the crowd. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. Your rejection was sent by God. Why? Because he didn't want you being average fitting in with everybody else. You can't lead what you fit into. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You can't lead what it is that you're a part of. So sometimes God orders your rejection so that you can stand out separate from the crowd in order that you might leave the crowd. Jeremiah says, woe is me because of my hurt. His hurt is rejection and what? Talk to me, y'all. It's what? Rejection and abandonment. Say both of them. My wound is grievous. He says, I'm grieving. He's saying, it's difficult for me to accept the fact that my own people did me this way. It's difficult for me to accept the fact that I am doing God's will and I'm still being rejected. See, you think that because it's God, people are supposed to accept you. I need you to learn how to look at a door that slams in your face and say, that's cool. This door, watch me, was too small anyhow. 
I need you to look at rejection and abandonment and say, you know what? I'm actually glad that it happened. Why? Be be because what it did was it taught me that just because one door shuts doesn't mean that I have to shut down my journey. So look, he says, my wound is grievous. Truly, this is an affliction and I must bear it. And I taught you on Wednesday to bear it means a few things in Hebrew. That's the language of our Old Testament. First, to bear it, it means to accept rejection as a part of life, as redirection and protection. What does that mean? Redirection. I'm going in the right direction. If you ever use your navigation system and the system detects that there's going to be an obstruction, it will begin to reroute you and say, no, we told you to turn straight, but we need to take you left now. We told you to go left, but now we need to take you right. Why? Because we are redirecting you so that this obstacle doesn't stop you from getting to where you're headed. And for many of you, listen, your redirection got you in Denver. And you didn't even know how you got here. You didn't even know how you tuned in. But God redirected you because something else rejected you so that you would not be stopped on making it to your destination. Say, I accept it. I, come on, y'all talk to me. Say, I accept it. Accept the fact that some people didn't keep their word. Accept the fact that relationships you thought were going to last forever didn't. Accept the fact that there's some stuff that you thought you were always going to do that you no longer do. Accept the fact there were some friends that you thought, listen, we're going to be friends to the end. And you found out they were a Chucky doll. They didn't turn to be your friend. They came to try to cut you. Accept the fact that they smiled in your face, but all the time they wanted to take your place. Backstabbers, what they do. Somebody said, I accept it. Here's why you're still mad at people, because you haven't accepted it. Here's why you're still angry with people, because you haven't accepted it. What, what does that mean? I can't change the fact that you didn't recognize what it was. But what I'm no longer doing is vying to get your acceptance, because I realize I can make it without it. It's redirection and protection. What does that mean? There's some stuff you wanted that, truth be told, that had you actually received it, it would have tore you up. It would have ruined you. You would have lost it. It would have taken you away from God. As a pastor, I have the ability to sit and look at people's lives and journeys. And it's always interesting because many times there are people say, oh, my God, I just can't believe this happened. And then later on, they're like, I'm so glad this happened because had that happened, it would have pulled me away from the Lord. Say, say re re rejection is redirection and protection. All right, so this is what it means to, uh, when Jeremiah says, this is my wound and I must bear it. So I have to accept it. But then the next is I have to advance. Say advance. advance. I'm going slow here because I want to make sure we get this. By not preemptively rejecting. Because listen, you've not faced your last rejection. So I need you to know how to handle it in the future. You've not faced your last situation of abandonment. So I need you to know how to handle it in the future. I need you not to be breaking down sitting in the house all Saturday. I wish you would. It's springtime and it's time for you to spring forward. I wish you would be locked up in the house all day with the air on. You better open them blinds, get out that house, and go live. Almost 600,000 Americans alone don't have the ability to... But if you still got breath in your body, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. I wish you would be sad that somebody rejected you. I need you to get up and advance. Somebody holler, I'm advancing. Here's how you advance. You don't preemptively reject. 
When you've been rejected, you now take on the mentality of let me get them before they get me. You walk around, can I be honest with you? When you struggle with rejection and abandonment, you become a runner. If everybody where that's been your story, I rebuke the run in you. What does it mean? Anytime something looks difficult, you run from it. Anytime something looks tough, you run from it. Anytime something looks like it's not going to go easy for you, you run from it. And I need you not to run. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm not running. I'm not running. Bless your pastor. I'm not running. 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 Matter of fact, watch me. I used to run from the fight. Now I run to the fight. Come on here. Saul ran away from Goliath, but David said, I ain't scared of rejection. My daddy rejected me, which means I've been, watch me, I'm inoculated from rejection. It's like chicken pox. I can't have it twice. I'm glad that my daddy rejected me. Why? Because I'm not scared of no Goliath. If Jesse didn't want David, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defy the armies of the living God? Let me slow that down and back it up. When you advance, here's what you say. Here's what you say. When you advance, when you advance, what you say is, hey, hey, I'm not afraid of rejection because I've already been rejected by somebody I loved. I don't even like you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Where are my real people at? It's not 15. David, and we're going to look at this in a minute. David was rejected by his father, Jesse. So dealing with the rejection from your father, watch me, you can either self-destruct or you can self-create. Y'all ain't gonna talk. So David was like, listen, everybody else was running from Goliath. Goliath's a big old dude. He's a giant. Everybody else is running from Goliath. And you know what David does? David runs to Goliath. He asked the king, Saul, what's gonna happen to the man that takes Goliath down? And he said, we're gonna do all this. How long is list of benefits? David was like, let's go. Everybody else was afraid of, watch me, of rejection, of losing. Everybody else was afraid of abandonment by the king if they lost. David said, listen, ain't too much more you can do to me than Jesse did. Some of y'all are about to hear me real quick. Watch me. There's not much more. Some of you are like, why did I go through this rejection? Why did I go through these issues? Why did I go through these challenges? I need you to hear me say it was for my good. Uh -uh, I need you to say that with some authority. Say it was for my good. Watch me. I'm not afraid of rejection from anything else. If who should have loved me didn't, I'm not afraid of you not loving me. In other words, I've already been through the worst form of rejection. So I don't fear rejection in my future. And for some of you, you've been mad at people, but you need to send them a thank you text. You need to just tell them thank you. Why? Because what you did in rejecting or abandoning me is you made it so I'm not afraid of it in my future. If who was supposed to be there is no longer there, baby, I'm not afraid of you walking out. If you don't walk, go on and walk, but I ain't never scared. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't never scared. I so watch this. Watch this. It means to accept. To advance, and then watch me, then to forgive. Say forgive. forgive. I just need you, watch me, because forgiveness can be tough. So can I just have us to take three seconds and worship God right there for forgiveness? Go, go. Three. Two. One. Somebody say, I forgive. Here's why you need to forgive. You need to forgive because if you don't, you will mismanage rejection and abandonment because you have no regard for consequences to your actions. If you holding on to it, let's just make it real practical. Let's make it real, come here. Make it real practical. All right, y'all see this water bottle? Some of y'all, it's right here. Y'all see it? Y'all talk to me. Y'all see it? All right, so here's what you do when you don't forgive. God, I just want you to take this situation. 
God, I just want to drink from the living waters. God, why haven't you gotten my enemies back? God, why you let them do me like that and they prospered and it seemed like I'm dealing with stuff that they not, where the honest people at? Like, God, I ain't saying you got to hurt them, but just pay me back at least, huh? Why you pay me back? It's all right if you do hurt them. Listen. That's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy. Vengeance and recompense are the Lord's. Vengeance means he's going to handle them and pay you back for what they put you through. And for many of you, you need to hear me. The reason you needed to get healed in March is because starting April, recompense is on its way to you. Y'all can sit there and look at me or you can go into worship. And the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. I need you to know in the next few days, your payback is about to start. Your payback is about to start. Your payback is about to start. Your Listen, 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 listen. But he can't pay you back to say, Lord, I'm just looking for, I'm looking for recompense. Vengeance and recompense of the Lord. God says, I'm going to get them. Don't you clap back. You ain't got to talk. Well, listen, fight for what? There's no win. But they need to know they were wrong. They don't care that they were wrong. Stop trying to prove points to people who can't count points. You spend too much time on folk that you need to not spend time on. That's why you need to advance. But no, they just said, we're going to sit down and have a meeting. For what? She don't listen. She ain't never listened. She ain't going to start listening now. You need to give it to the Lord. Check this out. Vengeance and recompense. recompense vengeance means he's going to get them. Recompense means he's going to pay them back. Everybody listen. So as long as you hold on to it, you got it, you got it. And Lord, I just, I'm just waiting on you to do something, Lord. Lord, the man of God says, pay back. And God says, I can't do anything with what you haven't released to me. So unforgiveness says, I'm begging God to do something with something I didn't give him. Could you imagine driving up to, uh, what's your favorite chicken restaurant? I heard, I don't know who that is. Yeah, no, I don't eat fast food. I don't know nothing about that. Somebody said Papa Do's is their favorite chicken restaurant. Okay. All right. All right. All right, everybody listen, everybody listen, everybody listen. Could you imagine going to your favorite restaurant? And I mean, and you ready too. Like, you ever been so ready to eat? Like, like you ever been to where your soul is hungry? Like, listen, I, my body ain't just eating. My soul is about to be, so baby, the way I'm about to go through this food. Like, you're so, you posting on social media, talking about, oh, it's about to go down. Right? Here's the deal. And you're like, okay, this is about to be an amazing meal. This is going to be amazing. You ready? And here's the deal. And you never, ever place an order. Here's what you're doing. You're sitting at the table. Talking about, yeah, dog, we need to come on. Where the bread? <laughs> we don't need no drink order right now. Baby, where the bread at? I Can you at least tell me you put it in the oven? I need, I'm spending so much time here because I need you to see this. Because you're about to do this right now. Because there's still some people you've been holding out on forgiving. 
And I know I've been teaching it, but I know, listen, I know church folk. I know y'all. I know my people. I know y'all. You still got like, you know what, all seven of them, but then them other three, mm -mm, no, they're going to have to get that 22 forgiveness. <laughs> we can't fit them in 2021 forgiveness. Who am I being? Come on. Am I being right? Am I right? Am I right? We all have a few people. We like, I forgive all of them, but not that one. No. No. I'm working on that one. You're sitting at the restaurant, and you're waiting. You're waiting on the order. You're waiting on your bread. You're waiting on your food, but you never ordered it. So you sitting there. Watch me. And after an hour, you mad. You got an attitude. Bring the manager. Hi, sir. How are you? Uh, look here now. I've been in this restaurant for an hour, and I don't have any food. Like, this is horrible customer service. I thought I was coming to Papa Do's, not Captain D's. <laughs> Nothing against Captain D's. Them little chocolate cakes, my God. Listen. And here's what the manager says. Well, sir, what did you order? Well, in my head, Um, I had ordered favor. My next 12 being my best 12. Sir, the problem is, is that you didn't give your order to us. So what you're waiting on, you're not going to see because you refused to release. And I need everybody in this building and online saying, in Jesus' name, I forgive everybody that I was angry with bitter at or held unforgiveness toward I let it go say I let it go right now in Jesus name now watch now watch that's so important that's so important because if you don't do that you're going to be sitting at the table and everybody else you're going to watch everybody else eating say everybody else getting breakthrough but me and you're like maybe God don't love me no he loved you you just didn't give it to him. Like forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. Well, they didn't apologize. They're never going to. Can I, can I let you in on a circuit to really help you with some of this stuff? Because there are some people who did you wrong and have convinced themselves that they didn't because it helps them sleep at night. And you said they just need to make it right. They ain't making it right. So you got to make it right. Forgiveness is for you. It is not for them. It is you letting go of a burden and saying, God, I got to keep it moving. I cannot carry what happened to me last year. I cannot carry what happened to me a decade ago. I cannot carry stuff from my childhood. Open your mouth and shout, I let it go. So wounds can come from two places, guys. One, actions. Secondly, words. Let's deal with actions. Actions, look at Job 16 and 14. Now, I may not be able to finish the message after this because when I was preparing this, this part right here shouted me. It, I was so shouted by this part. <clears throat> Bishop, what do you mean shouted? Like when I was preparing this part, I was like, look, I'm done. Like I can stop the message right here. There's more message, but I can stop right here. Everybody listen to this. S say actions can wound me. Look at this, Job 16, 14. This is Job talking. Job, you know his story. He lost everything in a matter of two days. He lost everything in a matter of two days. He lost everything in a matter of two days. He didn't do anything wrong. He lost everything in a matter of two days. He didn't do everything wrong. He lost everything in a matter of two days. He is dealing with some serious wounds. Look what he says. He breaks me. He here is referring to God. With wound upon wound, he runs at me like a warrior. 
Now, here it is. Here's the shout. Somebody say, God broke it. Here's what I love. Job, as he's telling his story, he's talking about what he's going through. And he says, listen, the only one with the power to make it happen like this is God. Which means if God is allowing this to happen to me, there is a reason that God is allowing this to happen. He could have stopped it. He could have shut it down. He could have turned it off. But I need you to open your mouth and say, but he's about to break me. Let me tell you why that's not a bad word. Because break in Hebrew, this is where I shout it. It means to cause breakthrough. Shut your mouth. He let them break you so he could give you breakthrough. He let them hurt you so they could help you. Somebody say, I'm glad for my wound. It's about to bring breakthrough. There's some stuff that you have been looking at and couldn't bust through and couldn't get through. But it's your wound that's going to get you through it. It's your wound that's going to carry you over. Look at the second meaning. It's on the screen. Growth. Some of y'all are looking at me like you don't speak the king's English. When Job was feeling like he was being broken by God and he's being wounded by his situation, Job says, God is causing breakthrough in me. What's the breakthrough Job had? Job said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me, which means now that it's happened, I'll never fear it again. Job said, the thing that I feared the most come upon me, which means now that it's happened, I'm not scared of it anymore. And some of you, you needed to go through hell. Why? You ain't scared of hell no more. You needed to deal with some betrayal. Why? You're not scared of it anymore. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I ain't scared no more. But then it means growth. Look at me. God says, literally, I wounded you, Job, to make you grow. Your wounds made you wiser, smarter, more spiritual. It's your wounds that did this for you. And watch me. And God says, and I was the one, look what it says, wound upon wound. I let them keep happening back to back to you. Because you ain't going to wait until your 40s or 50s. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. God says, you're going to get it done before this year is out. Y'all. I don't know who I'm talking to. You ain't too young and you're not too old. Keith Sweat had a son says, you may be young, but somebody say, but I'm ready. It's not going to take you as long as it took everybody else. So what did he do? He, he gave you wound after wound after wound after wound. When I was a kid, I prayed a dangerous prayer, and I didn't know the unintended consequences of the prayer. I prayed this. I said, Lord, accelerate my destiny. Right, so that means he accelerated my wounds. He said, you want to get there faster, son. I'm going to have you in places, watch me, that where you're going to be the line crosser, the history maker, the boundary breaker. You're going to be the first in your bloodline to do a whole lot, but you're also going to be the most bloody in your bloodline. You didn't hear what I said. You're going to deal with more wounds than anybody else has had to deal with, but that's because I'm going to get you to where I'm taking you quicker. And I need some of you to hear me. The reason it seems like your whole life has been wound after wound after wound after wound is because God says you're not going to take your whole life to get there. You're going to have it done before December 31st, 2021. I need you to put a praise on that if you believe that. God, I feel like preaching now. Somebody say breakthrough and growth. What's the last definition of he breaks me with wound upon wound? He increases me. God says, I wounded you so I could increase you. See, when you have a cut, 
I can insert something into you. Just look at it naturally. If you have a natural wound, that means there's an opening where something can be inserted, something can be implanted, something can be imparted. Here's what God says. God says, I use your wound in order to increase you. Come here, Joseph. Joseph, I use your wounds to increase you. Joseph's name in Hebrew means the Lord continues to increase me. But how did the Lord increase him? First, he lets his brother sell him into slavery. Did you hear what I just said? His brothers came up with a whole conspiracy about how uh, they were going to lie to their father about Joseph. So God says, Joseph, I'm going to increase you. And the first way I increase you is I throw you in a pit. Let me pause. Because there's some of us that are listening to this today, some of us online, some of us in this building today, but it's the moment you got a word about your future, your presence started giving you hell. The moment you got a prophecy about what's next, what's in your now started, am I talking? Watch me. The moment you got excited about your life, something came into your life to try to shut that excitement down. But I'm going to tell you the devil is a liar as mammy is too. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it's increasing me. It First place he goes into this pit. After the pit, he sold into Potiphar's house. When he goes into Potiphar's house, he won't lie down with Potiphar's wife. Because he won't lie with her, she lies on him. Can I be honest with you? There are some people who cannot stand your romantic rejection of them. So the reason they hate you like they do is because they wanted you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. The reason they talk about you like they do is because they still want you. Y'all ain't say, why my name in your mouth? You evidently still see something that you want. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. And I need you to be okay with that. Somebody say, I'm okay with it. She, he would not lie down with her, so she lies on him. So now he's thrown into prison. But the Bible says the Lord is with them. Shut up. How do I go from Pip to being in prison? But the Lord is with me. Watch me. He gets locked up, and he didn't do wrong. He gets locked up, and he didn't do anything wrong. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He gets locked up and he did nothing wrong. But they throw him, watch me, into the prison that's Pharaoh's prison. Which means God says, listen, even in your wound, if you'd step back and worship, you'd see that I'm changing your world. Bishop, what do you mean? I didn't put you in county. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I didn't throw you in no regular situation. I put you in Pharaoh's prison. Which means even the quality of prisoner you're around is different. Can you be honest? There's a lot of stuff that has gone wrong in your life. But when you look back at it, even your bad was better than most people's good. Even your suffering was better than most people's great. Even your bottom was better than most people's top. Can we be honest? Even when you were struggling, you still had a house. You still had a car. You still, where are the real people at? You still had food. He still made a way. Even in your worst, it was still better than most people's best. So look, he's thrown. Wait a minute. I need us to take five seconds right there and just release your worship. That your worst was better than most people's best. Hallelujah. 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 Look at somebody say, your worst was better than most people's best. Grab a seat. Listen. Listen. So, Joe, so Joe's in Pharaoh's prison. 
Wound upon wound upon wound upon wound. But the Lord continues to increase him. Wound upon wound upon wound upon wound. But the Lord continues to increase him. He's 17 when he's sold into slavery. Watch me. Years later, he's in Pharaoh's prison. He interprets some people's dreams. Why? Because he wasn't bitter about the rejection. Because when you're bitter about the rejection or abandonment, these men coming up to you talking about, I heard you a dream, uh, a dream interpreter. Yeah, I can, but I ain't in the mood for all that. See, some of you, you shut down your calling because of your previous crisis. Y'all ain't going to talk. I don't want to be bothered with people. People did me wrong. But you're called to people. Come on. I, I, I don't want to be bothered with nobody because of how people did me. Yeah, but guess what? Do not judge future people based on past people's performance. Because the circle you are about to have, you are about to look like the Avengers. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You are about to have a team around you that you won't be able to tell who's the most dominant. God's about to put some iron around you. Iron serpents iron. You've had enough aluminum. You've had enough weak people. You've had enough chickens. Baby, you are an eagle. So look, so look, y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? So, look, so he interprets their dream. He says, don't forget about me. One of the dudes forgets about him. The other guy doesn't forget about him. Pharaoh has a dream one night. Pharaoh says, listen, I had a dream. Anybody know anybody that can interpret this dream? One of the servants says, wait a minute. When I was locked up, Pharaoh, because you was a little ticked off at me, I met this dude. I met him when I was locked up. And for some of you, you your life has taken some interesting twists and turns that you think will be wasted. You're like, it was so dumb to move over there. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was so dumb to do this. No, it's not. No, it wasn't. Somebody said he's not wasting anything. Bishop, how do you know that? Because had Joseph not been locked up with the man he was locked up with, when Pharaoh has a dream, they won't be able to reach for Joseph because they won't know who he is. There's some places you had to go so they'd learn your name. And Genesis 12 says that he'll make your name great. You had to go through some abusive situations because you met somebody that knows your name now and somebody's about to call for you. Your name's about to be brought up. Your email's about to get flooded. Your DM's about to flood. Why? He's about to bring your... So they bring his name up. I gotta move. So they bring his name up. And when they bring his name up, if I listen, I gotta move. And when they bring his name up, they said, well, send for this Joseph. Where is he? He said, he's still locked up. Get him out. What got him out? Because he did not stop or sleep on his calling. I need everybody in this building and everybody online to hear me. You're not just working for no money. Mm -mm. I prophesy you'd be in your purpose and your assignment. You spend enough of your days trying to collect a check. Your life is bigger than a check. You were sent to the earth for a specific reason. And it's bigger than just having babies and dying. It's bigger than just paying bills and dying. Somebody say, I'm in my purpose and my assignment. And put a time limit on it and say, this year. Oh, God, I'm so ready to go up. Watch. So he's there. They sent for Joseph. Joseph walks in before Pharaoh. He says, I heard you interpret dreams. Says, yes, sir. Well, what does this mean? This, 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 and this. Pharaoh, watch me. Listen to me. I, I probably am going to not be able to finish. All he had to do 
is do what he had been doing once in front of the right man. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna talk over here because these people ain't saying nothing. All David had to, or all Joseph had to do was keep doing what he had been doing and he did it once, but he did it in front of the right man. I'm so glad you've been perfecting your gift. I'm so glad you've been getting better. I'm so glad you've not been sloppy. I'm so glad you've been consistent. You're about to be in front of the right one at the right time. Somebody say, I just need one shot. Say it again. Say, I just need one shot. All I got to do is what I've been doing. All I got to do is do what I've been doing for 14 years, but I'm going to do it in front of them. <laughs> Look at somebody that just said, you just need one shot. Say, and it's coming this year. Uh-uh, I need you to tell somebody that's going to praise God after you tell them that. Say, you just need one shot, and it's coming this year. That's all I need, just one shot. That's all I need, just one opportunity. That's all I need, give me with the mic for one minute, one shot. I gotta go, I gotta go. I got five minutes. Say one shot's all I need. See, you thought it was dumb to be consistent, no it ain't because you don't know who's been watching your consistency. You thought it was dumb to be consistent. You don't know who's been paying attention to your consistency. You thought, ain't nobody seeing what I'm doing, but God said, but I see what you're doing. You don't do this for people, you do it for me. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. He interprets, he interprets Pharaoh's dream. I got five minutes. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. And when he interprets Pharaoh's dream, he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Everybody on three, holler one shot. One, two, three. It's happening for you this year. It's happening for you this year. It's happening for you this year. Harvest is happening for us this year. It's 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 happening for us this year. 2020. 2020. 2020. Here we go. Here we go. He interprets one dream. How many dreams does he interpret? One. But he does it for the right one. You met a whole lot of ratchet people. You're about to meet the right people. You met a whole lot of people that didn't appreciate what you did. But you're about to meet some people that are going to celebrate what you do. And all you're going to do, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I've been consistent. I've been. I got to quit. Listen, listen. Say he interprets the dream. Y'all talk to me like an army. Say, interprets the dream. Pharaoh says, take these cups off him. Let me correct the story. Because see, even in prison, he became the warden as a prisoner. Because your worst is better than most people's best. Your low day is higher than most people's highs. 
I need you to look back over your life and recognize that. Say, everybody listen. Say, everybody listen. Here it is. I'm almost done. Here it is. So he's in there. And as he's in there, Pharaoh says, I tell you what. As of this day, you are no longer a prisoner. He said, he said, you will be second to me. He said, Joseph, I will only be greater than you in regard to the throne. He says, but when people have to kneel when I come in the room, they're going to kneel when you come in the room. Your chariot gets to ride next to mine. Your brothers threw you away, and now they're about to have to chase you. Because if you keep reading the story, his brothers had to come up to him, and he was the prime minister in control of the food supply. And Joseph said, I could do you how you did me with your dirty, ratchet, stinking, trifling behind, but I'm so much bigger and better than that because your rejection was redirection and protection. God, I can stop right here. Watch uh, <laughs> <ask> me. <laughs> Say increase. Your wounds brought you increase. Can I have three minutes? Can I have three minutes? Say my wounds bring me increase. Wounds happen through actions or words. Here's the words piece. John 6.63. John 6.63. The words I have spoken to you are spirit. Listen, words that people speak transcend time and they transcend space. What does that mean? You can say something today, but it stays in the atmosphere and it goes into the future. I need you to say my words are spirit. Spirit is invisible to the natural eye, but it is perceived by the spiritual. But what are you saying? There's things that people have spoken over you that have wounded you. And even though it was 40 years ago, that wound leaped into your future. There's some stuff people have said about you, you got to let that go. They said, you're dumb. No, you're not. They said, you're, you, you're special needs. No, you're not. Uh-uh. Stop putting labels on stuff and instead say, you just anointed, baby. That's all that is. They said, you got ADHD. Say, listen, no, I just, listen, I just love the Lord. I'm on fire for the Lord. Look. Stop letting people put labels on you because those labels go into the future. And I need you to relabel yourself. Somebody say, I'm relabeling myself. Say, I am the blessed of the Lord. I am the favorite of the Lord. My next 12 are my best 12. I'm a curse breaker, line crosser, boundary breaker, history maker. I cancel every negative word ever spoken over me, ever spoken to me. Come on, y'all say, I shut it down in Jesus' name. Wounds come. I'm going to get as far as I can in these three minutes. Got to be at the 15. Wounds come from nouns. People, places, things, or ideas. Say wounds come from nouns. People, places, things, and ideas. Check this out. The wound or the noun in the wound or in the scenario causes the wound, not the scenario itself. Here's what somebody said. I don't want no relationship. The relationship didn't wound you. The fool you were in a relationship with wounded you. I don't want no more friends. I don't trust friends. Friends didn't wound you. The fool you were a friend to wounded you. And you were a friend. That, let's be clear. You can never lose a friend, which means all you did was discover they were really an enemy. I can't lose a friend. It's impossible. So don't blame the scenario. Church hurt me. No, that person in a church hurt you. The church ain't done nothing to you. 
Y'all got what I'm saying? All right, all right, so it's the it's the noun in the womb, the person, place, thing, or idea that causes the womb, not the scenario itself. I'm going to get as far as I can. So watch me. Abraham was wounded by his relative Lot. Lot's name means hidden motives. What wounded him? Hidden motives. Was it family that wounded him? No, it wasn't the concept as family. It was that family member. How do I know somebody's got hidden motives, Bishop? Get in the argument with them. Whenever you have a disagreement, you'll find the motive. Y'all still with me? Let me go. Let's call a roll. Uh, Samson was wounded by a romantic relationship with Delilah. Delilah's name in Hebrew means one who weakens or makes poor. Uh, Samson picked women that were bad for him. So what wounded him? His picker. He picked what hurt him. Then got mad that he was hurt. I just need you to make this declaration and say, my picker's going to improve. What does that mean? I'm going to be more selective about who's in my circle, who's in my space, who's around me. You just can't show up and have access no more. Mm. You can't just show up and talk a good game. You're going to have to show me some good fruit. All right, here we go. Noah was wounded by himself and his son. He got drunk after the flood subsided. That's amazing to me. After some good happened, then he wounded himself. Don't be the type of person where God can't trust you with a breakthrough because you break down afterwards. Say, Lord, you can trust me with a breakthrough. Say, you can trust me with a breakthrough. Why is that important to understand? Because after the flood subsided, after the flood subsided, he gets drunk. After the flood subsides, he gets drunk. He doesn't get drunk while they're on the ark. He gets drunk after the water goes. Which is when the problem leaves, that's when he broke down. Don't be the type of person where you're strong in your struggle, but you weaken success. Open your mouth and say, I can handle big success. Say, I can handle what I prayed for. Some of y'all prayed to be seven-figure earners, and I need you to get the capacity to be able to have that. Why? You're blessed to be a blessing. Watch me. But he's also wounded by his son. He's wounded by his son. His son's name, Ham. His son uncovers his nakedness. When his daddy was drunk, he uncovered his father's nakedness. It actually has a deeper meaning than literally he went and told his brothers that his daddy was naked. It actually means something far more salacious. It means that he went and slept with his mama. It's a Hebrew idiom. So it was all kind of freaky stuff going on. Watch me. Be careful of people who take advantage of you when you're weak. Be careful of people. Let me tell you how you can really trust a person's character. If they would naturally get the $20 meal at the restaurant, but you say you paying and all of a sudden they got an expensive taste and they want the $100 meal. I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. What I'm saying is, hmm, that's an interesting indication that you're taking advantage of a situation. I'm not saying anything is wrong with it. I'm just saying pay attention. Pay attention to people who, when you're emotional, all of a sudden they start playing on your emotions. Y'all ain't going to talk. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. Moses was wounded because of his unrestrained mercy and his brother and his sister. Moses wanted more for the people than they wanted for themselves. Every leader, listen to me. When a person shows you who they are, believe them and move on. Please learn from my own wounds there. You cannot want more for people than they want for themselves. The moment they indicate they don't want that, say, praise the Lord, God bless you. I need you to learn how to celebrate entrance and exits. And his brother and his sister wound him. It's amazing. The only people giving Moses hell were the people who were from his house. It's quiet in this church today. They spoke against him and dishonored him because they thought they could decide better than him. You know what's amazing? They couldn't find their way out of Egypt, but all of a sudden now they think they can tell him who to get married to. Y'all ain't saying nothing. In the book of Numbers, the Bible says that they criticized him because he married an Ethiopian woman. It's amazing to me how clueless people are when they're at the bottom, but the moment they get a little something, they think they can criticize the mouth that got them out. 
You better shut your mouth when you're talking against a Moses. If it wasn't for Moses, you would have been suicidal. Okay, let me make it practical. If it wasn't for the man of God, you would have been suicidal. You would have lost your life. You would have thrown him in the town. Now you got the audacity to criticize the voice that got you out. Here's what it is. Watch me. Watch me. Joshua had transplanted wounds from watching Moses. I got to finish. From watching Moses be wounded. So to avoid that, he didn't invest in anybody in the Hebrews' decline. Joshua looked at Moses get hurt, and Joshua was like, ain't nobody hurt me like that. Some of you, you have not been wounded. You watch your friend get wounded, and now you have transplanted wounds. Nobody actually did anything to you. You saw something happen to somebody else, and you transplanted that wound to you. All right, watch me. Y'all still here? Watch me. And King David was wounded by a parent. <laughs> Mommy and daddy issues. Here it is. Mommy and daddy. Father means life giver. Mother means life sustainer. So now I got a problem with who gives and who sustains. Which is why if you ever have those wounds, it shows up in how you treat leadership today. Because you see anyone in the position of authority or leadership through the lenses of whoever didn't sustain life and who did not give life. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. And watch what happens. Can I just finish it real fast? Give me two minutes. Watch me. Mismanaged wounds, that's called coping. Coping is a functional dysfunction. What did David do to cope with his mommy and daddy issues? If I say something that you're dealing with or have dealt with, I just need you to be honest because I only got three minutes to finish this word, okay? All right? Number one, watch what David did. Here's what David did to deal with his wounds from his parent. Watch me. And we don't know where his mama was. So that means he had mommy and daddy issues. He had mommy and daddy issues. Bishop, how do you know he had issues with his daddy? Because his daddy never invited him in the house when Samuel, the man of God, came. He rejected him, and then he abandoned him. He was always there for the other brothers, but never there for him. Because he looked at David and said, well, David got it. David's strong. Some of you people always said you're the strong one, so they never checked on you. They never were there for you. They never spoke life into you. So let me just make up for it. As your pastor, I speak life into you. As your pastor, I speak strength into you. You are not weak. You are not wounded. You are not sad. You're your next 12 are about to be your watch so what does David do first thing he does addictive behavior what do you do when you're wounded by your parent you have addictive behavior for some it's drugs for some it's food for some it's porn watch me for David it was false intimacy David thought that sex sex was was the intimate way to get things done he had addictive behavior David was addicted to touching what could not ever touch his place of woundedness Watch me. Then what did he do? He started using other people. When you have mommy and daddy issues, you become a functional sociopath. What do you mean, Bishop? You have no regard for how what you do affects anybody else. You'll not show up on the job when they needed you. You'll walk out on people in the moment that they counted on you. You'll not do what it is you said you were going to do because you use other people. Bishop, what do you mean? David used Bathsheba to fulfill his sexual desire. And then when he was done with it, he said, get her out of here. Cancel her. I'll buy another It's still quiet. Let me go. I got to finish. Then you become deceptive. How do you know you got a mommy or daddy issue? You become deceptive. What does that mean? You're a professional pretender. Ain't a whole lot about you that's real. What do you mean? David set up his man Uriah. So Bathsheba was married to one of David's strong men, one of his generals. His name was Uriah. David literally sets Uriah up to be killed in the battle because David becomes deceptive. Because when you have mommy or daddy issues, you learn nobody ever checks you. 
So you live an unchecked life. And that's why some people that have mommy and daddy issues, they have issues with God and issues with leadership. Why? Because the moment somebody checks you, all of a sudden you got a problem. The moment somebody, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. The moment somebody puts you in your place, all of a sudden you want to call him crazy and too controlling. No, you just ain't never been checked. So you become deceptive because you learn to deceive because nobody checks up on you, nobody checks behind you. Then watch me, then you can become disloyal. How do you know you have a mommy or daddy issue? You have loyalty issues. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. A great prophet read a song that says certain people ain't loyal. What does this mean? You called it. What does this mean? They said of this of David, a, uh, 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 Jehu, one of David's mighty men. You know what he says about David? He said, David, you hate who loves you. And you love who hates you. So David sets up Uriah who had been loyal to him. But his son Absalom who had tried to steal the kingdom had a coup d'etat. It was like January 6th all over again. But they actually took the capital. Absalom actually took the capital. He actually shut David down. David's on the run. Everybody listen. So most of those psalms that you're reading is when David's on the run. He's writing songs while he's on the run from his own son because his son is the one trying to take his kingdom. So you see his worship, but you didn't see his wound. His wound was, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my own son is trying to take me out, but I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. So watch me. Watch me. He loves Absalom, but he hates Uriah. Uriah loved him. Absalom hated him. You have mommy and daddy issues when you love who hates you. I was saying something to somebody the other day. I said, you're too nice to that person. I said, uh, you need to talk crazy to them and call them some names and they'll do right by you. I said it jokingly. Let me be clear. To you. I said it jokingly. Um, I said it. No, I'm, I'm being serious. It was a joke. I said it jokingly. I said, because listen, I said, that person only loves who hates them. And they hate who loves them. I said, you love them. That's why they hate you. I said, but treat them like trash and they'll treat you right. I said, just check the fruit and you'll see what I'm talking about. You got it? So here it is, here it is. Let me give you this last piece. So how do I heal from these mommy and daddy? Any of you, did you hear any of those issues that you've dealt with? Just be honest. No, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Addictive behavior, using other people, deceptive or disloyal. Anybody ever had any of those issues? Online, Facebook, YouTube, I just need you to wait. No guilt, no shame, no condemnation. You didn't know where it came from. You say stuff like this, that's just how I am. This is how the women in my family are. This is how the men in my family are. No, it was a mommy or daddy issue that created these issues. You got me? So here it is. Somebody say, but I'm healing today. Let me give you these things. Let me give you these things. Number one, you have to talk. Nobody in the, nowhere in the scripture does it record that David ever talked to Jesse. Some of you, watch me. Watch me. There are conversations you've never tried to have because you concluded how they would go before you had them. And listen, you need to be prepared that some conversations are going to turn into nothing. But you cannot hold somebody accountable for a conversation that you never were willing to have with them. You got folk you mad at now, you've never even told them you mad. They just supposed to feel your vibe. This is not an R. Kelly song. Vibe, ain't nobody going to feel your vibe. Number two, number two, number two. Know that you are loved and accepted. This was the next part that shouted me. You know why? Say, how, Bishop? David's name in Hebrew means loved and accepted. 
I named you that so you would know when you didn't get it from your mommy and your daddy, I put it in your name. So every time they say your name, they say love and accept it. Every time they say David, love and accept it, love and accept it, love and accept it, accept it in love, accept it in love. Say, I am love, I am accepted. Now listen to this, only two people saw the king and David. You know who the first one is? God. You want to know who the second person was that saw the king and David? Samuel, his man of God. You ain't at Harvest by no accident. You didn't walk up in here by accident. You didn't stream this by accident. God needed to put a Samuel in your life that could speak life into you even though situations are trying to take life from you. And I speak to you. I see the king in you. I see the queen in you. I see the winner in you. I see the victor in you. I don't care what it was. Let me prophesy what it's about to be. And your next 12. Somebody say, well, be my best 12. Listen, listen, listen. Here it is. Here it is. You ready for this next one? Whatever happened, good, bad, or ugly. Good, bad, or ugly with your parents. Say it was a gift. gift. Bishop, how do you know? Jesse's father's name, or David's father's name is Jesse. Please look on the screen. What does the name Jesse mean in Hebrew? God's gift. I will throw this mic at your head if you don't say something right there. What are you saying? I don't care what happened, good, bad, or ugly. God says all of it was a gift from me to you. Somebody say, it was a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift. I know he left you. It was a gift. He would have ruined you. I know she abandoned you. It was a gift. She would have told you up. She would have had you out there on the corner somewhere. You ought to. Good, bad, and ugly. Good, bad, and ugly. Because there are many people, watch me, where you had amazing parents and they did an amazing job. But even in that, sometimes wounds can be transferred and transplanted. And to be honest about the wounds is not to, is not to uh, ridicule the parent. It's just to be honest about the wound. If somebody shoots you in your foot and you say, look, there's a hole in my foot, you're not criticizing who shot you. You're just saying there's a hole in the foot. You ready? Here's the last one. And I'm out. I preach this fast. I read out of time. Here it is. You ready? Number four. You're the new beginning. You. You're the new beginning. Bishop, what do you mean I'm the new beginning? God says, hey, I've had enough of this bloodline. I'm ready for something new. I've had enough of your family talking about God but ain't living for God. I've had enough. I put prophets and pastors and teachers in your bloodline. I put all kind of gifts and all of them sitting on it. Ain't none of them doing nothing with it. But you, you're going to be the new beginning. You, you're going to be the new beginning. Bishop, how do you know that? David is Jesse's eighth son. Eight is the biblical number of a new beginning. I need you to recognize you're the brand new thing. I need you to recognize you're going to be the first to get it done. Somebody give God worship that you are the new beginning. Go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I am the new beginning. And I'm out of time, but I did all right. I have to give it justice at 11.15. In this building and online, can I get you to close your eyes for just a few seconds? If you need to become a Christian, God is literally drawing you to himself today. You're not watching this by accident. You're not in this building by accident. Secondly, you're giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him. Today's your day to recommit yourself to the Lord. And thirdly, be like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure today before I exit this experience 
If any of those is you, you become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure, take, uh, uh, I want you to lift your hand online, do the hand with your emoji, or say it to me. One, God's coming to get you today. Two, you're not watching this by accident. Three, one, two, three, if that's you. In the building, put your hand up so we can see you. I see you, I see you. Online, do the hand with your emoji, or say it's me. Come on, church, we celebrate when people come to the Lord. We will not do judgment, we do love around here. Everybody, pray this with me, say, Father, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. You love me and I'm grateful. I am loved and accepted. I am the new beginning. I will talk and not suffer in silence. Saying whatever happened, it was a gift from you to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get you to take your phone out, text the word decision to 55498. When you do that, I'm going to shoot you a text right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle. and not just. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word DECISION to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations! The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.